0: It was all offense for Stanford Cardinals Spring Showcase this year. So we look at how the offensive side of the ball performed today on Locked On Pac-12. Let's go. Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12 I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up-to-date With the Conference of Champions, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you're listening to and or watching the show. Appreciate all of that. And we are going to Palo Alto today to look at how Stanford performed in their spring showcase and spring game, spring showcase. Been talking about the last couple of weeks. Everybody's got their own name for it, right? And everybody's got their own sets of rules. And right off the top, it's important to note here that this was geared to be a showcase of Stanford's offense and David Shaw really wasn't making any bones about that. He wasn't trying to to hide it or, or conceal it. You know, he said it was a little bit more of a glorified practice. It was, you know, kind of a, a scrimmage feel, but it was offense against defense. It was not, you know, a, a red-white per se, where you have a quarterback over here and a starting running back over here and a backup with a start over here. You know, it wasn't anything like that. But right off the top, yeah, I mean, you had to look at the offense because that's what they were showcasing. But your takeaway was that the quarterbacks were really sharp. The quarterbacks looked really good in this game for Stanford. Tanner McKee was eight of ten for 93 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> that is uh pretty good work, even in a practice setting. And he he was making some really accurate throws, showed off the arm strength. He's a lot bigger, I think, than some people maybe realize. He's six six, about two hundred and twenty pounds. He has that prototypical NFL frame and is definitely projecting as someone who will be selected in the 2023 NFL draft. I think he could have come out this year and would have been selected at some point, especially with how weak this year was for quarterbacks in the NFL draft. But I think he's smart to come back because he's still a little bit raw. Still, I think, trying to to find that comfort level on a consistent basis at the quarterback position. And I think that he showed that in the spring showcase, he was making some tight throws, you know, even if you're working on a reduced field, which he often was, you know, they didn't go full length all the time. You complete eight passes and three of them are for touchdowns. That's what you want to see if you're the the head coach for, for Stanford, David Shaw, because if you have a guy who started last year and it was a down year for Stanford in a big way, they went three and nine. If you have a guy coming in who you know is going to be the starting quarterback and you want to rely on him, you you want him to look the way that he did in in their spring showcase. And his backup, by the way, Ari Patsu, was 7 of 8 for 74 yards and two touchdowns. And then Bo Nelson uh, completed one pass for five yards on on two attempts. So both quarterbacks really showed a lot. That, That throw from Patsu that was an incompletion, though. Had the guy wide open. Don't know how he missed him, but you know he he looked solid. Should something happen to Tanner McKee, he, he made some nice throws. He you know showed the mobility, able to throw on the move a little bit, but. You know, in this game, the defense didn't have any way to, to score points. So the final score was, uh, quote unquote, 45 to zero. But unless the defense was going to score a touchdown, right, get a pick six or, or a scoop and score, there wasn't any way for him to do that. So it, it was a very deliberate approach from the coaching staff, I think, to to make a point of emphasis to their team and to their fans as well, that offense is a focal point going into 2022 and david shaw has spoken very highly of the offense and he expects them to have one of their best offensive years ever this year that might be tough because they've also had years where andrew luck was a quarterback and christian mccaffrey was the running back so that might be a little bit of coach speak but he has not been tempering his words when talking about what his expectations are for the offensive side of the ball and he's an offensive coach so you'd expect him to you know lean on that side of the ball first But uh, the defense actually did do some good things in in this showcase. They only allowed one touchdown in the first five possessions. And then the offense started to get in rhythm a little bit, but it was really tough sledding in the early going. It it was really uh, a a more classic Stanford showing from a a football perspective on defense, which I'll get to later in the show. But this coaching staff knows the offense has to be better. And, And when you watch them last year, the defense wasn't great either, but the defense was better than than the offense in terms of Pac-12 rankings. I mean, they were tenth in scoring, and they were eleventh in yards per game. The only team that had fewer yards per game in twenty twenty one in the Pac-12 was Colorado, and, and that is not is where that is not where Stanford expects to be, and the, and that's not where they should be as well. And you know, uh, the defense was hamstrung both in terms of player limitations and, and the rules as I've been talking about, but there was an encouraging sign there with regards to the rush defense, which was last in the pac 12. They were last in the pac 12 a season ago. Many of you might not know this in both rushing offense yards per game and rushing defense yards allowed per game, which is so unstanford Like, I mean, can you imagine in 2012, 2013, when Stanford was at its peak you know, even 20, 2015 with Kevin Hogan, when they were, you know, a, a game shy, maybe of getting the college football playoff ended up thrashing Iowa in the Rose bowl. Can you imagine saying, hey, in, uh, w- within the next several years, this program is going to be last, not near the bottom last in rushing offense and rushing defense. It's just such a weird thing to say. And I, I think that if this Stanford defense can can look a little bit more like what they showed in, in their spring game here this fall, then they will be much improved. Now, they were going up against a team that didn't run the ball well a season ago, that being their offense, but still, I, I thought they, they were physical at the point of attack, they were were filling their gaps well, they were tackling well, and just weren't allowing a whole bunch of big explosive runs. So uh, I, I think the offense will be able to be there enough For Stanford, but they've got to be able to stop the run because that was just their biggest glaring weakness as a team last year. I'll get to three players who weren't playing time and they're all on the offensive side of the ball, of course, but there were a number of players, including two freshmen who really showed out in the spring game for Stanford. But first I want to tell you about built bars this summer. You're going to need some food on the go. I need them on the golf course. Some people might be runners or walkers or hikers or joggers or however many other synonyms for running I can come up with here off the top of my head. You know the best part about Built Bars? They're healthy and delicious. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. A candy bar is way worse for you. Don't grab a Snickers thinking it's going to fill you up or even be that much better tasting than a Built bar to where you think it's worth it because Built bars often taste better than candy bars. So you can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. There were a number of offensive standouts for Stanford in their spring showcase. And, you know, it was all about the offense. They made that very clear. And so, naturally, the players who, you know, stood out the most were primarily on the offensive side of the ball. Number one, of course, E.J. Smith, the fourth. Now, with Austin Jones transferring to USC, there's a question mark at the running back position a bit in terms of who's going to be the number one feature back. And Stanford has had some great ones. Over the years, Bryce Love was very good, part of a Pac-12 championship team, and Christian McCaffrey. And you can go all the way back to guys like Toby Gearhart, Tyler Gaffney. Like They've just had a long line of really quality ball carriers. And so when Jones leaves, you expect them to be able to have someone who's talented waiting in the wings. And it really looks like Stanford has that in EJ Smith. I mean, he's widely expected to be the leading candidate, to be the number one running back, and he looked the part. You know, he showed a really good mix in the spring showcase of power, speed and balance as well. But I think he's the sort of guy, you know, some teams are a little bit more running back by committee. But Stanford has tended to have a bell cow back, you know, like a McCaffrey, a love or, or a Gearhart who can do a little bit of everything. Gearhart was a little more strictly on the power side, but, you know, was capable of being a guy who you give the ball to 25, 30 times a game. I think EJ Smith the fourth has that sort of playmaking potential. I mean, you look at his build, and he just he looks well balanced. And then you watch him run, and he also looks very well balanced, both in the you know not falling over way, but you know exactly what I'm trying to say here. But uh, but but also in the versatility that he's got. That's a better way of putting it, I think. And you know, it, it's funny that Austin Jones is no longer the running back there because when I watched EJ Smith run, I think kind of looks like Austin Jones, doesn't it? I mean, they've got very similar builds. They can both do a little bit of everything, and, and there isn't one trait that is, you know, so eye-popping that you're like, oh, he he's a specialist in that way. Like, no, they're just really well-rounded backs who can do everything that you ask of them. And he, he had one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown in this game, did EJ Smith. the The rushing touchdown, it was an outside zone play he was patient, waited, but then he was able to show the explosiveness. Explosiveness get to the outside, beat everybody with speed, and race inside the pylon for a touchdown. And you know that's a it's a very Stanford play, right? It was just your, your typical power to the weak side, and he just waited, wait, and then boom, he he, he was off, and he, he outran the defense pretty well. And the other thing that he showed that I thought was really impressive was his receiving touchdown. He lines up in the slot, one-on-one with a safety. And, you know, in the broadcast, they're calling it a Texas route. Technically, that would come from the backfield. He was just running a straight-up slant, and it ended up being a 40-yard touchdown from Tanner McKee, who put the ball right on the money, let him in stride. A lot of talk in football all the time about yards after the catch. That is as much a product of the quarterback putting the ball in the right spot as it is a wide receiver or a running back or a tight end catching it and having the explosiveness and the wherewithal to make plays. Sometimes they break a tackle to get extra yards after the catch, but quarterback has to put on the money. Tanner McKee did, and he ran a nasty, I mean a nasty route out of, out of the slot position. And so if he's going to be that involved in the passing game, boy, they they could just use him like Christian McCaffrey, you know? And and I, I think that that's something that David Shaw clearly wants to do right? It's what they've done with their running backs pretty often over the years. And I think EJ Smith really looks like he can slide into the starting role and right away be one of the best running backs in the Pac-12. You know, up there with Tavion Thomas and, you know, you'll have uh, Travis Dye and Austin Jones will be a formidable punch, at a one-two punch at USC. You've got Zach Charbonnet at UCLA. There are a number of good backs in this conference, but I really think that this fall, if Stanford gets back to where they are, which is an eight to 10 win team, or where, where they should be, I should say, as a program where they have been under David Shaw, an 8-10 to 10 win team, then you're going to know the name EJ Smith if you watch Pac-12 football because he was, Go, you should just go look up that that route. He just gives him the jitterbug and just darts inside, snags the ball, and then races into the end zone, uh, outrunning out the defense. Not a great angle from, uh, from Stanford safety on the play, but I, I tell you what, he's going to be a tough guy to bring down. Another guy who stood out, Medea Rubin. Three star freshman receiver from Park Hill South High School in Missouri. He is 6'3, 207 pounds. And if that sounds like a pretty big body, he looks like a pretty big body when you see it on, on TV. And he knows how to use it really, really well. He had a couple of touchdowns in the spring showcase. And, you know, having that sort of frame is one thing, but knowing how to use it is another. And he knows how to use it really, really well. And since he was a recruit who committed to Stanford, by the way, he's put on about 15 pounds, but in a really good way, right? It looks like there's, you know, a little bit of beef, but mostly muscle. And he's just such a built target, you know? And, and he just fits the Stanford mold of, of a wide receiver. I don't think that he'll end up moving to tight end, even though there's only four tight ends on the roster, which I'll get to in a sec. But he he's just a really big body receiver who's going to line up out wide. He he was taking reps with the first team offense and the second team offense for, for Stanford, which is how they did it. You know, McKee would go out there and he'd be with the first teamers and then Patu would go out there and he'd be with the second team. And Medea Rubin was out there often, you know, oftentimes this is the lone wide receiver on the field, right? Stanford loves the heavy sets so They'll go two tight ends and a full back and then have just one wide out. And, and Rubin's propensity to block in, in the running game and just be a physical presence out there that uh, was pretty pronounced and he 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 would have had a chance at a third touchdown or he did have a chance I should say but third string quarterback Bo Nelson under uh, underthrew a 15 yard back shoulder to the end zone so he, he had all three quarterbacks target him in one-on-one situations and twice it resulted in, in a score for the offense I, I think that speaks to the the capability that he has and is already showing for you know developing a uh, trust and chemistry with his quarterbacks and that they see what I'm seeing as well which is this could be Stanford's top receiving target this fall he might not be because he's a true freshman and you know can often take time guys a little bit more time to work their way in in that sense but the the physical traits are there and the, the quarterbacks trust him in 50-50 situations and they should uh, i mean he is uh, a good route runner, got a big body. He's got soft hands. He's also an effortless runner with the ball. Some guys, you know, run really hard, and it looks like they're running hard. Other guys are really fast, and it looks easy for them. You know, and, and that's not something that that every great athlete has, but when you watch Ruben run, he he caught a drag route. I can't remember if it was from Patsu or, or if it was from McKee, but he caught a drag route where he got away from the corner was a little bit off and, you know, he just beat him underneath and the corner was struggling to catch up and it didn't even look like he was running that hard. I'm sure he was running with, you know, four five ish speed, maybe even four four, but it, it didn't look that way. And that's when, you know, you have a really good athlete and, you know, he got a chance to play in the spring showcase because not everyone was available for Stanford, but he made the most of his opportunity. And, and I don't see how he's not a regular part of the rotation this fall for Stanford, because he is, uh, He's got great physical traits, and he looks like he belongs already. And that could be tough for a true freshman, right? Sometimes guys get out there, you're like, ah, might need to develop a little bit. He looks ready to contribute right away. Speaking of freshmen who could make an impact, Sam Rausch, the 6'5", four-star tight end from Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee, uh, by the way, former Pro Bowl and Super Bowl champion quarterback Trent Dilfer is the head coach out there if you did not know so that's where Roush comes from and he came to Stanford over ASU Arkansas Cal and Colorado State and just like Ruben he's a true freshman and an early enrollee who's already impressing in in spring football so far and now his numbers in the spring showcase were just two catches for 16 yards That doesn't sound like a lot, right? Well, what if I told you that both catches were for touchdowns? Now it starts to look a little bit more impressive in terms of the box score. And so he stood out with those two catches about as much as you can. I mean, you talk about making the most of your opportunities. He certainly did that, you know, he had a one yard touchdown catch for from Patu on a flag route where he showcased the hands and the size. You know, at his safety, who was kind of draped on his back, but he reached out and, and just snared it out of the air and kept it away from his body and away from the DB. And you know, it was, it was a semi contested catch, and he did a really nice job of hauling that in. I thought that was impressive. But the first one was, I, I mean, you just don't see freshmen making these sorts of catches, he runs a seam route from I believe it was about the 15-yard line, and McKee puts a money throw on his back shoulder in between the linebacker and the safety. He has to contort his body around, makes the catch, and then gets upended hard by a Stanford safety. And he did almost an, a whole flip in the air, but he was able to hold on to it. And, and this is a guy who you know, looked about as good as he could, catching the ball. And there's only four tight ends on this roster, you've got Ben, Yerosek, Bradley Archer, and Lucas Unger as well. And Stanford known for their tight ends over the years. They've had a, a bunch of great ones. They've got, they've had Toy Lolo and Zach Ertz and uh, Colby Parkinson. Like the list goes on and on. I'm just scratching the surface there. So he has the potential perhaps to, to be the next really good one. It seems from a pass catching perspective, I, I haven't seen a ton from him in terms of run blocking, which always impacts how often a tight end will see the field, but I tell you what, Sam Roush, that those were really, really good catches. And he and Ruben both just looked refined beyond the, the true freshman early enrollees that they are. We'll get to storylines going forward with Stanford because I think they actually need to do what other schools don't need to do. And I'll tell you what that is after I tell you about Bet Online. Your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball. Go Mariners. I got to give them all the love I can because they've lost 9 of 10. And the run to the roses during the Kentucky Derby this weekend as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Going forward for Stanford, you know, most teams – I think need to to be forward thinking with their schemes and their approach. And, you know, you don't want to be outdated. You got to get with the times, all that sort of stuff. And th- there's some elements in which Stanford has to do that, but I think in a way they need to revert back to being the classic Stanford teams that you think of that have won PAC 12 championships and, you know, won Rose bowls and, and all, all that sort of stuff and been a major player on the national stage in college football, but they just haven't been that. You know, and I think that when you watch them last year, what they've lost from those teams they had back in the day with Jim Harbaugh and then the early transition to David Shaw, who has had a great run, but has had a losing season two of the last three years, which is highly unusual for the Cardinal recently. Didn't used to be, but it is now, right? 15 years ago, Stanford losing seasons two of three wouldn't have been that unusual, right? It wouldn't have been out of the ordinary. Now it is, and that's what they're coming off of, and I think they could be poised for a pretty big bounce back, but they need to look a little bit more like the old-school Stanford teams. They need to be physical at the point of attack, controlling the clock. I mean, they ran for under 90 yards a game last year. That just doesn't sound right. It's so antithetical to Stanford and David Shaw and where he is at in terms of when he's at his best as a football coach they're not running for 90 yards a game. I, I would expect that to be almost double this year, because if they're going to compete in the Pac-12 North, the way that they have done that and the way they know how to do it and can do it, by the way, is power running the football and being physical on defense as well. I mean, when they would go, you know, toe to toe with, with, uh, with those chip Kelly, Oregon teams back in the day, they were able to, to dominate Oregon at the line of scrimmage because Oregon had smaller linemen who were you know able to pull around in that outside zone scheme that Chip Kelly was running and such. But Stanford had big physical bruising linemen on both sides of the ball. And it just feels like they've lost that. And they don't look like the Stanford that we know. And I think they have to get back to that, you know, controlling the clock, controlling the line of scrimmage, you know The run, the running offense and, and the running defense both have to improve dramatically if they're going to get there, but I think they have the talent on the roster to be able to do it because the other question that you have to ask about Stanford going forward is how impactful is this recruiting class going to be? Uh, I mean, they had the number 19 recruiting class of, of high school kids in 2022. When you factor in transfers, the number 27, so that's a place where you'd expect guys and – uh, you know, a, a couple freshmen, at least now, and then in the coming years, especially, but you'd expect a couple to be able to contribute right away. And that's building the sort of roster that's able to contend in, in the Pac-12 North. And uh, when you look at the guys who could be the biggest impact for them, you know, you've got a four-star edge player, their highest rated recruit in the class of 2022, David Bailey from modern day high school, which has put out a litany of elite college football players is he going to be able to fill the void left by Thomas Booker? Because Booker's gone to the NFL, and now you know I, I'm sitting here talking about the trenches and how important the line of scrimmage is. Is he a guy who's going to be able to step in and contribute right away? And this is their highest-ranked recruiting class since 2019 in terms of the high school kids they're bringing in, not, not factoring in transfers as well. So they have to be able to capitalize on that sort of stuff because you look at the recruiting the last couple of years, they, they had a down year mixed in there, but perennially they've been in the top 30. So there's plenty of talent on this roster for them to be able to contend in the Pac-12 North, at least from where I'm sitting here in my house, in my home office. But I, I just see them as a team that could be ripe for a big bounce back this year. But I think they're going to have to get some contributions from the freshmen, right? And, you know, Medea Rubin and Sam Roush, yeah, those are two guys offensively who, who could contribute in a, in a significant way. Tanner McKee has to look the way that he did in the spring showcase and the way that many expect them to, but defensively, they've got to get back to being physical at the point of attack and controlling the line of scrimmage. Cause they've just been pushed around in the last few years in ways that Stanford teams are, are just not accustomed to. And I think that that's a hallmark of David Shaw as a coach is controlling the line of scrimmage to control the clock. And if Stanford's going to contend in the Pac-12 North, I, I think that's what they've got to be able to do. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.